Welcome to Midnight Book Club. I'm John Hart. And I'm Alexa. Pour yourself a stiff drink, pull up a chair, and get lost in the fantasy for a while. fire which means that it's all over and i'm very sad about this Mm, because mm -hmm. i love baptism of fire so much very much enjoyed this book and i know it's your favorite and actually i have to say it's my favorite too really yeah oh my gosh it's a big announcement i think i may have said that about every book we've done so far but this one, for realsies, is my favorite. Really? So now, what's the ranking looking like for you? So hmm. we have five books now. Can you mm-hmm. believe we are done with recapping five Whew. books in the Witcher series? That is a lot of books. So from from first to last. This is probably have... not a good time to announce that I'm illiterate, right? <laughs> Well, I've been reading to you, so I guess there's no way of knowing. That's true, sure. actually. You, you're usually you're doing you're usually doing the reading, and I'm taking notes. Well, you are typing and writing, so I've just gotten very good at faking it. So the notes that I'm reading don't actually make any sense. I'm just sort of like imagining there uh, being yeah, a narrative it's, it's, to it's them. It's a collective psychosis, basically, oh. is what I figured out how to induce. Huh. Okay. Well, I, I am interested in your ratings, even though you are illiterate, which is, yeah, yeah. thank you for being so brave and mm, admitting mm-hmm, this on mm-hmm. our literature podcast. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's been a hard one. Um, Not a lot of people have the bravery to do that. Mm-hmm, so kudos, mm-hmm. really. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, I, I just, I have to be honest about it now, you know? So now we've recapped The Last Wish, mm-hmm. Sword of Destiny, mm-hmm. Blood of Elves, mm-hmm. Time of Contempt, Mm -hmm. and Baptism of Fire. Mm -hmm. So what are your ratings? uh, Let's go bottom to top. Bottom to top. I think I'd have to go two, three, four, one, five. Okay. Uh, That confused me. So so you're going, your least favorite Mm -hmm. is Sword of Destiny? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it goes Sword of Destiny, mm-hmm. Blood of Elves, yeah. Time of Contempt, mm-hmm. The Last Wish, yep. Baptism of Fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So why is Baptism of Fire your favorite? Um, I mean, you were completely correct in everything that you build it as. It's really just a big, fun romp. And it's kind of, yeah, it, it very much feels like a D&D campaign. Um we're just kind of like watching them have adventures and assemble a party and kind of all the, the weird interworkings and dynamics of the party and how they eventually just end up turning into a raving pack of murder hobos. Like, gotcha. uh, like every D and D party does. Yeah. It's hard to rank them for me. I would say blood of elves might be my least favorite. There's still good stuff in it. It's just so much building yeah, that yep. it gets a little tiresome. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's great things, too. I mean, there's Yennefer and Siri. I mean, that's that's great. I did, yeah, I did forget about that. And I think so other I, than that. I think Blood of Elves is my least favorite, followed by Sword of Destiny, mm-hmm. followed by um, The Last Wish, mm-hmm. followed by 
time of contempt and baptism of fire. So mm-hmm. baptism of fire and time of contempt are my top two right now. Really? Okay. Ooh. I, hmm. So now you're rethinking it. Yeah. Now, cause now I'm, now I'm rethinking time of contempt versus last wish. Cause I love last wish as like a, as, as the kind of collection of like folk tales and short stories, but time of contempt is pretty great. I think I put Time of Contempt in number two, maybe purely because of the buildup to Thined and like the things that happen on Thined. Yeah, you know, yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that one. I have to give it number two because like I love Siri in the desert. Mm, Desert Desert Siri is is awesome. The buildup for Thined is pretty awesome as well. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. We'll get more into it, but should we talk about what we're drinking? Mm -hmm. Um, Because usually we'll do a section in the middle of these podcasts where we like say, okay, like now we're going to break for a drink. But Mm -hmm. these are a little bit more relaxed because we're talking at large about the book. We're a little bit more irreverent. We're not Mm -hmm. taking Mm -hmm. this quite as seriously. So we thought, let's Mm -hmm. just have a beer at the top of the episode. Yeah, we're going to start with the nightcap. We're not drinking beer, though. We are drinking cider. Oh, I forgot it wasn't beer. Uh, how dare you it's in a can so i assumed it was a beer <laughs> it is in a small silver can <laughs> was that bit that from burt kreishner at seven o'clock in the morning a Coors light and a co- and a diet coke look almost identical <laughs> <laughs> until you take a swig of one at the pta meeting <laughs> Oof. all right you got to make some choices real quick at that point so should we introduce it yes i think so so tonight we are drinking book of nomad it is a cider Made in Newburgh, New York, which is uh, very close to my hometown. Um, Where is Newburgh? Newburgh is uh, about half an hour south of Albany. Okay. Yep. Um, So for anyone trying to keep track of the New York State geography, Albany is the capital of New York State. It's it's one of the easy ones to find on the map. And Newburgh is about an hour south of there. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, apples are the number one export of the state of New York. Um, so we bring that up in almost every conversation. Any, <laughs> I think it's probably because anytime, anytime New York cider comes up or anything like that, New York cider is not particularly special in any way. Cause cider is all kind of cider. Um, honestly, but, uh, their wine is very good and we've talked about that and I won't go into large at length, boring details about why New York wine is fantastic. Get into at length boring details about this cider. Yes, I will, because that's what we're actually doing right now. Um, So this is a Pinot Noir Raspberry Blackberry Cider. You heard me right. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, It is crafted and canned by Graft Cider. It is 7% ABV. That's a lot for a cider. Pretty potent. Jeez. (laughs) Um, So I think it's rather than like a description, I think this is actually an ingredients list. There's just no commas in it. Pinot Noir, Raspberry, Blackberry, Cider. This is the kind of commentary you come to this podcast for. Yes, it for. is. <laughs> um, and it's called, it's it's just says Dark Revelations. Huh. Yep. It was, uh, yeah, so it's called The Book of Nomad. It's got a whole bunch of cool, like, D&D looking characters on it. Um, and that was why it grabbed my attention. It's gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's really not a whole lot of other description. Oh, oh my god. There's there is an actual ingredients list. New York apples, Pinot Noir grape skins, raspberry, blackberry, sulfites to preserve freshness. 
<laughs> okay. <can> God. We- <laughs> okay. Let's just drink this. <laughs> well, let's let's smell it first because it, it does it does seem like it, it it's probably going to be very aromatic. Did you splash yourself in the face a little? Right in the eye. That's a good thing I don't have to be at work tomorrow. Hey, why do you smell like booze? Well, you're never going to believe this. I uh, was recording a podcast. And uh, I have to crack open beer cans right next to my face so that the Foley shows up on the mic. Um, you got to wear goggles when you're opening. <laughs> are, are you sure you don't need to talk to somebody about your drinking? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Maybe. So what does it smell like? It smells incredibly fragrant. Ooh. Like yeah. cherry, Ooh, yeah. blackberry. I'm, I'm getting the blackberry and the raspberry and definitely some, some of the deeper like Pinot Noir notes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of unusual for a cider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, so the, the, the label art, once again, uh, following the litmus test of does the label look cool, um, caught my attention. And then I looked a little closer at it, and uh, the ingredients list caught my attention more. This has been sitting in our fridge for probably close to a month now. I've been wanting to try this for a while, so... I'm very excited about it. I think this is really aromatic for a cider, and it doesn't smell like just straight apple. Like, usually yeah, you'll expect yep. a cider to smell like usually pretty similar. just smells yeah. like cider. Yep. Um, this smells different. I'm curious to drink it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we don't do, usually do a whole lot of ciders on this show because there's not a whole lot. A cider is kind of a cider is a cider. There's not really a I whole lot, a lot of depth of, to them. Like buttery notes, like you would expect in a wine, almost. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Shall we give it a try and see if they're there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, cheers. Clank. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get that. We don't have glasses tonight. Clank, um, noise, but that's okay. Um, I'll I'll tap on the can. Okay. It doesn't even make it's sound. No, it's Whatever. not the same. Okay. Just pretend you hear a clink. Yeah. All right, clink, clink. clink. <laughs> All right, let's give this a shot. Ooh, that is really good. It's tart. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's cherry and blackberry, Ooh. and it's like... Mm-hmm. It, it opens up more really late on the palate. That's that's wild, actually. So it's it's got the, the smoothness and the like the easy mouthfeel of a cider. So, like, ciders have kind of a mouthfeel of juice because it's basically what they are but it's not as overwhelmingly tart as a cider usually is on the nose um and i think there's a lot of pinot noir right in right on the beginning of the palate there and then the rest of it kind of gives way into the raspberry and the blackberry um with with a good cider flavor in the background that's really really good there's a an omegang beer that really reminds me of this Mm -hmm. which one um, it's their cherry beer. Uh, the Rare Vu? I can't remember what it's called, but I was given a sample of it one time, and it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of this. Okay. And it's also made in New York, so it's possible there is a similar apple <laughs> they might be. They might be using something. Profile. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like it. It's not I like what this I would a lot typically too. expect from a cider, but that's no. okay, because yeah. I think most ciders taste like you, you can predict it. Yeah, yep. you're like, okay, yeah, this is a cider. Yeah, and occasionally maybe somebody will throw some other fruits in there, and you know it might spice things up a little bit. But yeah, this is this is very different actually for a cider. Um, and this is a John Mark pick. Correct? This was a John Mark pick. 
Yes, it was. And <laughs> Book of Nomad, I think it could have gone for any one of our chapters, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it really encapsulates the entire journey. Yeah, the whole book. Of Baptism of Fire. Yeah, yep. um, really, this was a book about wandering, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, trying to find something, you know, even when it's very unclear what your mm. destination is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so I think this is really incredibly fitting for yeah, it really, our entire book. It really kind of is. I, I was trying to kind of save this one for something a little special, but I think it really perfectly fits here. Um, usually on our summary episodes, we just kind of grab and drink whatever is around. Um, and we don't fit it as much to the theme of the chapter, but this, this fits perfect. Um, it's a it's a really good bookend for a very very good book. It it kind of fits the 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 feeling of the book too, and that there's a lot of complexity and a lot mm-hmm. of depth. And it's not always what you expect. It's not what you expect, and um, it's if you were to take it at face value, you wouldn't necessarily think that it was going to be all that special. Yeah, and I forgot how much in this book there's just a surprise around every bend. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. similar to how the cider is so punchy. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like in every chapter there was something unexpected that happened. Like, oh, Regis is here. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, here's actually alive. Oh, Yennefer is back and she was a day figurine for a month. (laughs) Mini-eyed. So it was just like, it didn't feel at all unearned. It felt like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. each surprise was not like, oh, I'm just throwing this in to jazz it yeah, up. It yes. wasn't like a, um, hey, we're in the middle of our sixth season and we need something. We need we need something to keep the writing fresh. we have a fresh? cousin somewhere? Yeah. We can just insert this person in to mix things Suddenly, up. Suddenly, Cousin Oliver. Um, I think that this book or, does... Or Luke's daughter. This book does such... Oh, actually, I just got what you were talking ha! about. <laughs> um, I love the delayed reaction on that. <laughs> Nobody likes Luke's oh daughter, okay? Gosh. No one likes April. Nope. Um, we're talking about Gilmore Girls, by the yeah. way. If you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. But what I really love about this book is that everything feels like there was so much development of this mm-hmm. arc from mm-hmm. like beginning, middle, and finish. Like it was a fully developed concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really, it could have been a standalone novel. Like you could have understood sort of what was going on Mm -hmm. if you just read this book yes which is hard to do Uh, in the middle of a series yeah it's like the middle book of a fantasy series which is usually like the worst place to pick up a series but honestly you could you could do pretty well picking it up right here like um all the other stuff is really great and i would highly recommend reading it but like you could pick it up here yeah because this is really where our plot gets going Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. Like, it's very important to have all the background. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But just the way that we're introduced to the characters, like, you know, we meet Milva at the beginning and we really get to know her throughout this book. We didn't know Milva before. No, she's completely unique to this book. Yep. Um, We get to know a little bit more about every character and it's it's Mm -hmm. very deep, Mm -hmm. even though there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. And it it kind of like... um, all of the characters kind of flow into it like a like a D campaign. Um, like as a DM, like this is how I would introduce how I would introduce the characters, you know? How I would introduce this is, you know, the this is the the archer, this is the, you know, 
This is Bill, who's playing Milva, a 20-year-old archer orphan who has been orphaned three times and orphaned with her orphaning. A lot of orphan. Yeah, they always are. I don't know why. <laughs> the archers are always orphans. I, I think it's like a requirement in like a fantasy <laughs> background to like, to to like if you're if you're gonna be an archer, if you're gonna be good at archery, you gotta you gotta not have parents. Gotta have a tragic backstory. Got yep, it. Yep. Um, I think that good storytelling is just good storytelling. This is very true. Um, and it is moderately universal. You know, I tend to I get into fantasy for the fun. You know you know let's let's shoot magic missiles at skeletons um but what keeps me there is good storytelling um and this series has absolutely both of those things so although we haven't we haven't actually encountered any skeletons yet have we not yet ooh ooh i like i like your usage of the word yet even though i was the first one to use it <laughs> so Speaking of storytelling, mm, mm-hmm. will you get into your patented it is time. one sentence summary? So it is time. If this is the first summary episode you're joining us for, what John mm-hmm. Mark will do is he will distill the entire contents of a chapter mm-hmm. and deliver a funny quip about every single no, one. It, it is a one sentence summary of each chapter. And you can take that to the bank. Yes. Yes, you can. Um, because they're completely accurate, completely factual. And the most perfect summary, you could write an entire doctoral thesis on one of my one-sentence summaries. And, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'll have to run that by a lawyer to make sure that we can't get sued over that. But Well, we'd have to be able to afford a lawyer first. True. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to fire a chapter I'm going to find a guy on the street <laughs> and uh, ask them what they think. So I'm going to fire a chapter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at you. Okay. And you're going to fire back. Okay a one sentence summary okay are you ready (sighs) let me let me limber up a little first here Ah, oh Oh, yeah that's gonna hurt in the morning okay um all right let's do this chapter one dead lawyers tell no tales and daddy issues galore oh god chapter two k here out vampires the vampire and Geralt hulks out chapter three Regis the Friendly Ghost, and I'm not yunk, you're drunk. <laughs> uh, chapter four. Head injuries. Head injuries all around. Chapter five. Siri is a lizard person, Illuminati confirmed. Regis doesn't respect personal boundaries and angry soup. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Chapter six. Tiny Raisin Yen. And Illuminati is not nearly as effective as you might think. Chapter 7. Regis reassures his pet humans that he won't eat them. Geralt K. here and the really bad no good rotten bridge. Geralt of Rivia, the artist formerly known as Geralt of Rivia. I really like that. That was a long one. But they are all technically one sentence. So. Hold me closer, tiny raisin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Frangilla did hold her pretty close, it sounded like. Francesca. Francesca did hold her really you close. You're so like. confused about it's, Francesca and Frangilla. I'm fine when we're talking about them in the scene that is occurring in front of us, but once I try and like pull names out of a hat, that's that's where my brain just kind of like they both start with F. They're basically interchangeable. 
There are a lot of names, so I can. There are a lot of names. Yes, that is that is correct. Now I'm going to go a little bit more in depth Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. provide summaries that are a little long winded, but a little bit more technically correct. They will help you get an understanding, even if you might not have read every single chapter. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to give you some technical knowledge and you know what went down, who did it, and Mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. let's start. Okay. Chapter one. We meet Milva, or Maria Baring, who is hunting in the woods. She recounts meeting the Witcher in July, two weeks after the events of Thined. She is summoned to Kol Sarai, a place in Brokelon where healing typically takes place, and she's really confused when she walks into the cave and finds this man, who is very distinctive looking, mm-hmm. thin, ashen white hair, um, mm. and he's being healed by this like specific kind of weed. And Mm -hmm. she is freaking out because he's awake and he saw her face. And so she's like, what the fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Now he knows who I am. It's very important for my profession of basically escorting Mm -hmm. elves Mm -hmm. from point A to point B that no one know who I am, that no one knows who Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And the healer is like, calm down. We need you to help him. And Milva's like, you need me to what now? Like, mm-hmm. this is not my job. This is so not something I want to do. Mm-hmm. This guy could be a traitor. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what happened on Thined, but it sounds bad. Sounds um, real bad. But the leader of Brokelon actually comes to talk to Milva, and she's like, I need you to do this favor for me. Mm-hmm. He's very important to me. And Milva's mm-hmm. like, fine, I'll help him. So she is asked to basically be... And a spy, like kind of go get information and bring it back to Brokelon while he's recovering. Mm -hmm. So the first time she goes out and she finds out a couple of things, Um, she finds out that Codringer and Fen are dead, Mm -hmm. the lawyers that Geralt got some help and information from. Codringer and Fen were dead to begin with. Um, And that their place of business burned down. Mm -hmm. And she gets like kind of relish from telling him all this, like Mm -hmm. telling him this bad news, like, hey, I'm doing something I don't want to do. And I'm going to be kind of a jerk about it because this is not something I want to do. She tells him that there's like this big hunt for traitors going on after Thined, including for Falatierna, one Mm -hmm. of the leaders Mm -hmm. of the Squayatel commando. Um, And that Geralt and Cirilla the person he's looking for, are also being hunted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as an elf guardian knight who was on Thined. She tells Geralt, like, you know, it's a waste of time. They're not going to find the girl alive either. All they found on the island is the debris of that tower. Mm, and mm-hmm. Geralt goes ashen. He's, like, white as a sheet. Yeah, and she's like, yep. oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, mm-hmm. it's clear this girl means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I will help you find her. Yeah. So that's where things start turning for the two of them and Geralt is really appreciative for her helping him we actually hear a little bit from Dijkstra who is still recovering from that injury Geralt gave him back at Mm -hmm, the Ned mm -hmm. still a little salty but um Dijkstra both knows Geralt is in Brokelon and also knows that Milva is his informant and when um Ori asks Ori his brother and assistant asks like what should we do with them? He just says, like, leave them alone for now. Mm-hmm. Um, he writes to Philippa, tells her about Geralt's well-being, reporting that Ciri is in Nilfgaard. And mm-hmm. then he asks, like, I'm really curious why Geralt hasn't even asked about Yennefer's whereabouts. Like, mm-hmm. that's so weird. He was so hot and heavy. Like, yep, why yep. is he suddenly, it's like he doesn't care at all. 
Um, he's like, you know, I hope you're telling me everything. Like, hint, hint. I need to know everything that you know. Mm-hmm, like, please mm-hmm. tell me everything. Like, yeah. don't hide things from me. Philippa never hides things from anybody. Who? What are you talking about? I know. About? I mean, she's just like so honest and wears every emotion on her sleeve. Yeah, absolutely. She's completely forthcoming about everything. We also learn like a little bit more about Milva from Dijkstra. Um, so Milva is also, so she was adopted by the Dryads. She's mm-hmm. a human woman. Mm-hmm. It's not really uncommon for little girls to be adopted, but that's not really how she came into contact with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. She was saved by them Yeah, as an already grown up person. As an adult. And yeah. um, one of the things she's done for them is she would lead like bands of human men into Brokelon into an ambush mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she would always come out with like one survivor and they'd mm-hmm, go sing mm-hmm. her praises like oh my god she yeah, saved, she saved me. us and then they kind of figured out like oh it's weird like she's always surviving uh-huh, these uh-huh. so she's known as red kite for that reason mm-hmm. um because she was just like a i don't want to call a trojan horse but sort of like yeah she she was like presenting one way and doing something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leading men to their deaths, Mm, kind of a mm -hmm, siren. mm -hmm. So um, the next time Milva recalls seeing Geralt is when she tells him that Ciri is in Nilfgaard. So Mm -hmm. she's found out some more information um, and also that she's betrothed to Amir. Yeah. Um, And Geralt's like, hey, like totally casually, like have you heard of any um, sorceresses? I mean, like any, you know... Dark-haired sorceress. <clears throat> any, like, any, any sorceresses. Any really. of that like magical riffraff being yeah, yeah, captured. Yeah. And she's like, uh, no, but I did hear one sorceress killed herself. Wait, what? Um, anyway, so Geralt, now that he knows that Ciri is in Nilfgaard, is like, okay, I want a horse now. Mm-hmm. And um, To horse? He's like, look, I appreciate everything you've done for me. If you ever need anything, just call out in the night. Mm-hmm. So she catches a deer to give to the witcher for his journey. This whole time she's been out in the woods, she's been just trying to give him something so mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. can be a little bit more successful on the road. She kind of thinks he's stupid for rushing after this girl. Like, well, he is. Yeah, but she realizes there's something to it. Mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm. feels a little sorry for him. Yeah, yeah. On the way to like try to catch up with Geralt, she runs into some elf commandos. They're heading out to battle, and they warn her, like, hey, mm-hmm. like you're heading south. That's not where you want to go. That's where all of the war stuff is yep. going down. Yep. You're heading right into battle. A storm is coming. Then we see a little meeting between some sorceresses, including Philippa, Triss, and Margarita Loantiel. They meet with Asir Var Anahid of Nilfgaard, mm-hmm. Sheila de Tankerville, Sabrina Glesvizig, and Francesca Findebear. All of these sorceresses are not really happy to see each other because mm-hmm. they were on opposite sides of the whole Nilfgaard yeah, ally yeah. thing at the Ned. Mm-hmm. So everyone's fighting, and Philippa is like, look, this is a super secret club. We're not going to talk politics here. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. only going to talk about the advancement of magic. Yep, and they're all yep. like, uh, okay, I'm curious. She says, like, we're going to have this big gathering at Monte Calvo. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. be there, be square. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then we catch up with the rats who are passing through a village. Um, Falca seems to be, like, fully... Um, Fully metamorphosized fully, into... Fully transformed into Falca, the yeah, rat. Yep. Um, so a man actually punishes his daughter for emulating her. Mm. 
And then Milva, at the end of the chapter, decides she's going to ride after Geralt to warn him of the bad things that are mm. to come. Yeah, yep. Chapter two. Mm-hmm. Dandelion and Geralt are riding south. They meet with a merchant who is selling contraband wares. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They pretend to be elves, and yep. the man gets really frustrated when he realizes they don't intend to buy anything. Mm-hmm. They're interrupted by a convoy um, the merchant and the convoy exchange a password. They say Rudeau. He says Valatierna. And mm. then the merchant like tells the leader of the convoy that Geralt and Dandelion are his escorts. Mm-hmm. Um, a trade goes down, which is kind of weird. The trader tells the convoy that the prisoner is in a coffin but alive. Mm-hmm. Things go south really quick because the convoy kills the merchant and then Geralt and Dan Lyon try to run away. Mm-hmm. Um, Geralt, while he's fighting, has a like his knee injury seize up mm-hmm. and he can't fight. But um, the person that is coming after him is knocked down by an arrow. This is when they realize Milva is actually here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Milva, Dandelion, and Geralt talk a little bit um they are like oh hey like everyone's dead now what's going on with that coffin that was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know the subject of the conversation yeah yeah they go to open it up and Geralt is like i know him fucking trash yep um it turns out it's actually Kay here who we met Mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. on the isle of the ned Mm -hmm. he was the black knight who's always been chasing siri Mm -hmm. and Geralt kind of disgusted. He just hands Kay here a knife and says, free yourself. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. already saved you once. I already spared you. I'm not going to spare you a third time. So you better run. Um, Milva's like, we got to get out of here. Nilfgaard is approaching. Um, And then they like go and hide while a battle goes on for hours between Mm -hmm. Nilfgaard and this one allied force in a town. Mm Mm-hmm. So they just watch things that are going on and Milva is like, look, it's really dangerous to do what you're doing. I don't know what you expect to do. Like you're going on a death mission. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think you're going to like even do when you get there? She's going to be a princess and she's going to come with you because why? Yeah. And she also is kind of fundamentally misunderstanding the relationship between Geralt Mm -hmm. and Ciri, kind of assuming that Geralt's in love with her, not realizing there's a daughter-father dynamic. Yeah, not as much like he's trying to, you know, win his lover back. Right. Um, So they continue on the road, and they camp for a little while, and they have a conversation where um, Milva apologizes for what she said. She didn't realize... Mm -hmm what was actually going on. Yeah, yeah. They kind of cuddle up by the fire, all three of them, and Geralt confides in them that he's been having these really weird dreams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He keeps seeing Siri riding on a horse through a village with a girl with close-cropped hair, and he really doesn't like her smile. Mm-hmm. Um, they ride east, and they're just seeing like a lot of dead people, mm-hmm, including mm-hmm. a naked corpse with the inscription and Giver or Informer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they meet Kay here again, who has mm-hmm. been following them. Geralt is really angry, and he threatens to fight him. Like, hey, we're going to settle this right here, right now. Yeah, yep. And Kay here is like, I'm just going to run then. <laughs> and just kind of like goes off, and Geralt chides Milva for not taking a shot at him. And Milva's like, I'm not getting uh. involved in whatever <laughs> this shit is. Like, what is happening? 
Um, so as they're wandering through the woods, they hear some singing and like, mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. weird because like, it's not like unhappy singing. It's like cheerful. It's like a little yeah, it's a, tune. it's a tavern song. Like, yeah. And so this is where they meet Zoltan Chive and his crew mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who are riding with a group of fugitives, mostly, um, women and children. Mm-hmm. And they're right away, like fast friends um they begin riding with them and they start to realize that Nilfgaard is both behind and ahead of them Mm, so mm. as they're on the road they play barrel which is what gwent is based on if you played any of the witcher well just witcher 3 actually Mm, mm. Geralt gets really angry at dandelion um for telling zoltan and the crew who he is and who he is after Mm. Um, what had happened is they encounter this creature in the woods and Geralt scares it off instead of killing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And Zoltan is like, you know, I, I see what a good guy you are. Like, I really want to help you mm-hmm. in whatever you're doing. And this is why Geralt gets so annoyed because yeah, he yep. feels like no one else outside of this immediate circle should know. But Dandelion mm-hmm. can't keep his mouth shut. Dandelion just spills everything. Um, so Geralt and his crew... Um, finally stumble upon a house that seems to be normal, and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe we can find some food there. Yeah, why Why is it so normal? And some of the scouts go up to the door and talk to the inhabitant, and right away they, they like run away screaming. And when they get back to the rest of the party, the party's mm-hmm. like, what's up? And mm-hmm. it turns out it's a plague house. Yeah, and yeah. this woman is healthy, but everyone else has basically died. Mm-hmm. Um, or, is or is dying. Dying. Um, so everyone's like, okay, I guess we're going to go. But then they see this group of like ragtag, like army people Mm -hmm, seem mm -hmm. to have mismatched clothing on and they knock on the door. The girl tells them the same story and Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. rip her out of the house and like attempt to rape her. Mm -hmm. And Geralt goes into an absolute rage, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Zoltan gives him his sihil and he just kind of goes to town mm-hmm. on all of these guys, like yep. killing like 11 people. Yep. Only one of them gets away and Milva manages to shoot him with the arrow. It's a really good shot, but yep. Geralt's angry because it still doesn't kill him. Yeah, it gets him like in the shoulder. But then they hear him screaming and they realize that Kay here has picked him off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so chapter three. They are traveling down this road that's been torn apart by different sides of the war. And one day they're overtaken by a riderless horse and they come to the conclusion that Kahir is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, they come across a lot more carnage on the way and Zoltan like, is kind of hopeful because he thinks like, oh, we're not far away from the Temerian army. If we find our boys, we'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, they even come across this tree that's like got corpse, corpses like hanging from it like fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they notice that some of the parts have been nibbled on by like not critters, but like mm-hmm. ghouls. Yeah. But they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place because they can either go along the road that could lead them to more battle or they could go mm-hmm. through a forest that could have that ghouls. might have ghouls in it. They decide to go through the forest because at least that is probably safe-ish. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they come across the O, which is a tributary of the Chotla, and they decide, mm-hmm. hey, like if we follow it, we'll probably come to some sort of civilization. Yep. 
Um, but then they get lost because it turns out this lake has a lot of forks and bends and they're like, okay, we don't really have a lot of options here. Mm -hmm. So they decide we'll go back and we'll go towards Fen Carn, which yeah, is this yeah. old elven cemetery. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone's really creeped out when they get there because like it's, it's a, cemetery. a cemetery and <laughs> they are afraid of ghouls mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Zoltan wants to turn back and Melva's like, look, we've been on the road all day. Everyone needs to rest. Like we mm. can't go any further. Yep. So they set up and they see something like out of the corner of their eye. Mm -hmm. And Geralt says like, let's go check it out. And Zoltan comes with him and as well as Percival, who is a gnome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they like get this strange whiff of like spices. Very unusual spices. And, like, everyone's kind of creeped out, and Geralt mm -hmm. realizes there's something in this, like, hollow under a dolmen, mm -hmm. and um, he, like, knocks on it, and he's like, hey, come out, like, don't hide in there, we know yep. you're in there. We know you're in there. So a thin, middle-aged guy emerges, mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, gentlemen, no need to bear weapons. Like, I'm nice. just this dude. Nice to meet you. I'm Regis. I'm Regis. I'm a barber surgeon. I just come here to get herbs and stuff. Mandrake roots. He doesn't say mandrake at this point. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he doesn't reveal that until later. But he's like, hey, like, why don't you come to my cabin in the woods? Like, it'll be fun. And so... You won't get murdered much. <laughs> and uh, so they all, like, accept it, but... And mostly it's Zoltan who's like, yeah, like that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and on the way, Zoltan and Geralt are talking and Zoltan is like, I get a little bit of a weird vibe from this guy. Like, yeah, yeah. And Geralt's like, uh, excuse me, then why are we going to his house? And he's like, well, I mean, it sounded good at the yeah, time. Yeah. They get there and it turns out that Regis distills mandrake root mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. is pretty potent stuff yeah yep. they all get absolutely shwasted mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and everyone starts crying Geralt is really butthurt that they've only gone like 60 miles in mm -hmm. two weeks it's mm -hmm. really not a lot of distance plus there's like 2,500 miles left to go to Nilfgaard yeah yeah he ends up falling asleep and everyone wants to wake him up again but Milva's like let him sleep mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then we get a little scene where Siri and the rats go to a barn and crash a party, and mm -hmm. Falca and Iskra dance on the table and have a little contest. We do have the fun table dancing contest. So then, chapter four. Mm -hmm. Everyone wakes up with a mandrake hangover. Mm -hmm. They go back to the cemetery at Fen Karn, and they find this group of peasants who are hunting a vampire. They say that this vampire is causing all sorts of problems in their village, according to a local priest. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, we need your black horse talking to Milva. Mm -hmm. And they proceed to insult her, saying she's no good because they know she's not a virgin mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. women are no, not good for anything. Mm -hmm. Milva knocks one of them out and he mm -hmm. hits his mm -hmm. head on one of the hard gravestones and she thinks that she's killed him and so yep. she violently throws up. Yep. It turns out it's just a concussion and so they carry the injury. He has just a concussion. Yeah, it turns out the guy that she punched just has a concussion. They carry the injured peasant to the nearby village, 
And um, on the way, Dandelion and the group asked Geralt about vampires because mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. peasants were so convinced there was a vampire there. The peasants had talked about a group of people that was recently torn apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Geralt says that doesn't really sound like a vampire. Like mm-hmm. um, maybe it was a dog. Like who knows? Yeah. And Reed just kind of stuns them all by talking about how there are higher and lower vampires and several kinds and mm-hmm. Geralt is impressed as well. He's like, wow, you really know your stuff. Yeah. No one's hmm. at all suspicious for some reason. No. <laughs> like, no one even thinks no. anything of no. it. Uh, they arrive in this very smelly village where everything mm-hmm. is loud and upsetting and expensive. And expensive. Um, the refugees that have been traveling with Zoltan and his crew end up reuniting and leaving them. And the only person that thanks them is this little girl who Zoltan mm-hmm. Um, is so touched by her thanking them that he mm-hmm. gives her an emerald. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as they're like trying to get some food and settle in, um, they are approached by Cloggy's friends. So Cloggy mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. peasant that mm-hmm. Milva had knocked out earlier. And Cloggy's yep. friends are very upset because it turns out that Cloggy, even though he's alive, was supposed to get married, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now he's not really right in the head, so yeah. we need some money for him. You can't prove that he wasn't stupid to begin with. <laughs> um, so they refuse, and being the party, like Geralt and the company are like, mm-hmm. no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, no. And uh, they're like, we'll just talk to the village elder and sort mm-hmm, it out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, yeah, you could, but he's in the village. There's about to be this witch trial. Yep, yep. And they're like, cool, I guess we're going to go to the witch trial. Yep, guess Um, who gets to watch a witch trial, I guess. So there is a young girl tied to a wagon. They're about to light it with torches. Mm -hmm. Um, This priest says they're going to try the witch for being in league with a vampire. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of misogyny laced in his speech. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, women Mm -hmm. are the root of all evil. Yep. That kind of thing. We all know women are not to be trusted. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like a lot of the villagers, including the town elder who is there, says, like, you're full of shit. But the priest keeps going on and on with it, and people are entertained, so they want it to keep going. Mm -hmm. And after being heckled for a while, the priest is like, fine, she can face a trial by ordeal. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. every member of Geralt's group is like, yeah, I will fight on her behalf. But he's like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Someone's Mm got to like do an actual baptism of fire. Mm-hmm. They've got to grab a horseshoe that's been in the fire and be unburnt by mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, uh, gulp. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Reaches is like, hey, hold my beer and says <laughs> to allow him. And so mm-hmm. he grabs mm-hmm. the horseshoe and he walks like really casually over to the priest and he's like, okay. Y- you mean this thing? <laughs> um, and he like is completely unscorched, unburned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm everyone's absolutely stunned and like the priest is like ah and then right as they're all freaking out Nilfgaard approaches Mm -hmm. and everyone is freaking out absolutely panicking Mm -hmm. um everyone in the party gets separated so Geralt Mm -hmm. and Dandelion end up together and are run over by stampeding horses Mm -hmm. the next thing they know they are in front of Tamarian soldiers who are Mm -hmm. demanding Mm -hmm. to know who they are Mm-hmm. They believe that they are either deserters or Nilfgaardian spies. Mm-hmm. And even though Dandelion tries some smooth talking, they are arrested. <laughs> smooth talking a la the game. Uh, <laughs> he just tries to neg them uh, yeah, into like letting like, him go. It doesn't go super well. Yeah. Um, they're tied to the back of this cart and like basically 
forced to run to this like war camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the camp is this like joint Temerian Centrian soldier camp, and mm-hmm. Dandelion has a friend here, and he's like, finally, like we're gonna be set free. And Friends. this guy is yep. very like a big fan of his, and. Just as soon as they think they're off the hook, Geralt realizes there's an old enemy here, mm. Visigard, who is from Sintra and was also at the betrothal feast mm. of Cavetta. And he's mm-hmm. not the biggest fan of Geralt. Yeah. He was seen as an interloper yep. Yep. in the whole thing. And so they're tied back up and Geralt knows this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Visigard has this whole list of things that Geralt has done wrong, including apparently colluding with Dooney to come in and marry Pavetta and mm-hmm. so that Geralt could get Ciri through the law of surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then saying like, then he sold Ciri to Amir yep. for some reason. Yep. Um, like basically everything is due to Geralt, but it doesn't really matter because Ciri is like a traitorous bitch who's yeah, just going yep. to open her legs for Amir, and it's a really yikes take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Dandelion's friend is like, hey, wish I could help you out, but this is actually really important politically for me to agree with Visigard right now. Yeah. And so basically, Geralt and Dandelion are fucked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did get a fun nickname for Geralt out of this, though. Mm-hmm. His nickname is Geraldus. Geraldus. Um, when Dandelion was trying to make up a bard name for him, this is what he came up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chapter five, we catch up with Milva, who recaptures all of the horses. She runs into Kay here, who is stunningly not dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they are trying to search for Geralt and Dandelion. Mm-hmm. While um, having a lot of dramatic sexual tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Falatirna is torturing a random guy for information about why Nilfgaard is trying to capture him. Like, mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. I thought we were friends. Yeah. Um, it turns out that the prisoner that Falatirna was responsible for handing over, who is Kay here, never arrived. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So they've got like a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Falatirna lets him go and tells him to report like all the story that he told him. So. Um, then Kay here back at camp tells Milva a little bit more about his life story. He tells mm-hmm. Milva that Siri isn't in Nilfgaard after all, mm-hmm. um, which is a mm-hmm. game changer. Yep. Um, Frangilla is introduced in this chapter, who is not Francesca notably. Um, <laughs> Thanks. She, she has a conversation with the seer who we met back in chapter one, mm-hmm. a sorceress mm-hmm. from Nilfgaard. Um, they talk about Siri, who was introduced in the Nilfgaardian court. It's really mm-hmm. weird because she was betrothed to Amir and there was all this like talk of a quick wedding. Mm-hmm. But then, then she was banished to yeah. this weird castle at the edge of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It turns out that there's a lot of things that don't add up. Um, yep. So Amir had asked sorcerers and sorceresses in Nilfgaard to try to track down this girl. Yeah. He had given them a lock of her hair. And then he like approached them several years later and was like, hey, hey. like y'all failed. But yeah. this guy, Zarthius, mm-hmm. like he succeeded. But Zarthius wasn't rewarded for mm-hmm. that. He actually was thrown in a dungeon. And mm-hmm. Zarthius was only approached after this girl was introduced in court. So this huh. doesn't make any sense. Why would he be looking for someone who was already at the court? Frangilla also got a lock of this girl that arrived in Nilfgaard's hair, and it doesn't match the hair that she was provided by Amir. Hmm. So they hmm. come to the conclusion that Ciri actually isn't in Nilfgaard either. Yep. It's a body double. It's a decoy. 
And so Asir is like, by the way, I was invited to this really cool, super secret club. You mm-hmm, should come. Mm-hmm. You should totally join. Um, it's called the Lodge, and Fringilla is like super it's not an MLM. stoked about it. Um, so back in the woods with Milva and Kay here, Regis shows up, um, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, like, where's Andalyn and Geralt?" Um, and they're all like. It's a very long story, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jandeline and Geralt are tied up in a tent, and they are rescued by Regis somewhat inexplicably. Mm-hmm. Geralt tells Regis, hey, look, thanks. Get lost forever. Forever. Um, Dandelion and Geralt attempt to sneak out of the military camp, but they run into some soldiers who are asleep in the bushes. Mm-hmm. They are pursued, but then it's interrupted by an actual Nilfgaardian attack. Yeah, yep. Dandelion gets grazed in the head by an arrow. Um, mm-hmm. He's a complete drama queen about it. Yes. Um, Milva and Kay here continue talking about Siri. Kay here says he doesn't know where Siri actually is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says that he first met her three years ago during the siege for Sintra. He says mm-hmm. she's basically like a flame and you can't hold a flame in your hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at a Rodanian prison camp, a prisoner says he has info for Dijkstra. Dijkstra is then informed that there's a decoy Siri in Nilfgaard. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now everyone is starting to realize this isn't the real Siri. Yeah. Um, yep. Geralt gets upset because Regis shows up at the camp when they reunite with everyone. He comes mm. to tend to Dandelion's wounds. Um, Geralt gets real salty and he threatens him, but Regis is definitely not threatened. Yep. He shows yep. his fangs and Regis gets out of there. Um, but then Geralt turns his attention to Kay here. It turns out that Kay here and Geralt have been having the same dreams, though. Hmm. Um, and there's one more dream Weird. that Geralt hasn't told anyone about, but Kay here knows about. Mm-hmm. The rats are in this like black market, and Siri kills the guy callously and casually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so back at the camp, everyone's trying to make soup, but Geralt's super salty and can't really add anything to the discussion. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. are just absolutely roasting him for being a loner who is a mm-hmm. pain in the butt. Uh, finally, he's like, whatever yeah i'll travel with all of you even though i hate you sometimes um we make a really weird group a real fellowship of idiots Mm. chapter six make a good soup but a terrible party (laughs) um so chapter six siri tells missile she doesn't want her to touch her anymore missile says the only thing she enjoys is killing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. francesca findebear has a guest in her court vadir Mm -hmm. de rideau of nilfgaard Mm -hmm. he leaves and her assistant ida asks if it's time to get the jade figurine out she says yes Mm -hmm. francesca defrosts the figurine and it turns out that it's yennefer who has Mm -hmm. been compressed han solo style for about a month Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yennefer horribly dehydrated learns about everything that's happened over the past month all while basically dying physically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um she's voluntold to join the lodge everyone arrives at mono calvo for the lodge gathering fringilla is our mm-hmm. main pov character mm-hmm. yennefer's arrival is surprising and emotional as mm-hmm. everyone still thinks she's a traitor that sided with nilfgaard yeah um yeah. yennefer immediately keys in on fringilla because she remembers her from sodden hill and she Wait was on the wrong side of history let us say Philippa tells everyone at the table to stop fighting and informs them, okay, it's time to tell you why we are here. Mm -hmm, She mm -hmm. wants to put a sorceress on the throne to rival Nilfgaard. We can marry someone Mm -hmm. to the 
king of the northern crown, mm-hmm. like basically mm-hmm. this northern kingdom that's like very wealthy. Yep. We can create a kingdom ruled by magic that could rival Nilfgaard. Yeah. Um, everyone's like, well, who do you plan to tap for that? Because like no one fits the bill. And she says, who I actually have in mind is Siri. Mm-hmm. Um, so right on cue, we get a cut to the rats who are ambushing a carriage with a nobleman's mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Siri tells the girl to bow to her. Hmm. Yennefer, back at the lodge, is asked to give a full account of everything she knows about Ciri. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Both Frangilla and Triss are given various windows to give their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, they just are thinking about this, and mm-hmm. we get their perspectives. Francesca gives an account of the story of Lara Doran and Ciri's lineage, which is confusing and super mm-hmm, complicated. Mm-hmm, but basically... Mm-hmm. Siri is a carrier of two very important genes, yep. both that relate back to Lara Doran. So there mm. is incest involved. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Dijkstra finds Vilgefortz's old hideout, which has an ominous C-section chair in it. Mm, mm-hmm. A little weird. Um, mm-hmm. It's intended for someone special. Frangilla then helps Yennefer escape using an oyster. <laughs> Hmm. Chapter 7. A storyteller begins the chapter and tells all these kids that are gathered around um, Mm -hmm. that there's only time for one more story. Mm -hmm. And everyone kind of clamors and says, like, I want to hear about Yennefer. I want to hear about Siri and the rats. I want to hear about Geralt. And they decide, Mm -hmm. actually, that they want to hear about Geralt tonight. Mm -hmm. But not before the storyteller tells them a little bit more about the others. So we find out that Yennefer is in Skellige. We find out mm-hmm. that Siri is still with the rats. Yep. Um, and also, we get a cut to Geralt, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is contemplating about how things went so horribly south. Mm-hmm. Um, first, Milva and Dan's line wanted to talk about Regis being a vampire and all. Geralt explains, we likely have nothing to worry about, but I don't even know if I could kill Regis if it came down to it. So mm-hmm. comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dandelion decides to ask Regis about it in the worst possible way. <laughs> um, and then Regis tells them his life story about mm-hmm. how blood mm-hmm. is more like alcohol for vampires and how he became an addict. And then how he crashed into a village and was attacked and had to regenerate for the next 50 years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He tells them about all these myths associated with vampirism. Um, On the road, they come across lots of lumber mills. Both sides of the war really want lumber. Mm -hmm. They run into Zoltan and the crew again, um, who have lost one member but are still okay. Um, There's a girl that delivers an ominous prophecy um, she tells them about the Tower of Swallows. She says that every member of the party is going to die. So, whew, not great. Yeah. So Zoltan and the crew come to a fork in the road. Zoltan says, hey, we're going to head back home to Mahakam. Mm-hmm, Zoltan mm-hmm. and Geralt um, talk a little bit. And Zoltan admits that actually before we met, I stole a lot of goods from a man and left him for mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. Um, not I'm not a good guy. Not a good guy, TM. Um, so he he's like, hey, like, take my Sahil, like, kick some butt for me. Mm-hmm. Pour one out for the homies yep. um, and remember us. Basically. Pretty much exactly those words. <laughs> like, pour one out for the homies. 
if by pouring one out you mean like cut somebody's head off and yeah. like let the blood flow kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The party goes on. Um, during one conversation, Garrett reveals he actually isn't from Rivia. It's just a name <gasps> he picked out of a hat to make himself sound more important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Regis tells Geralt and the men that Milva is pregnant and has asked for sort of a, um, for lack of a better word, an abortion concoction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, Hey, I want this to be her choice, but I think it would mean a lot if you went and talked mm, to her. Mm-hmm. And so Geralt does talk to her and she tells him her story. She's like mm-hmm. feeling very helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually got pregnant um, when one of the elves she was escorting, like all had like kind of a weird tragedy orgy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. She doesn't know who the father was. Several of the uh, the possible suitors died and the others she never saw again. Um, it's a very sad story. Mm-hmm. But she decides to keep the child. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide to go along the river rather than risk this dangerous path that they were considering because Milva is pregnant. They find a ferry and they end up in the middle of a battle. Um, so they're riding mm-hmm. through the river while this Lyrian force is fighting the Nilfgaardians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Geralt and Kay here end up leading these two Lyrian units to hold the bridge, securing an important victory for Lyria. Mm-hmm, Unfortunately, mm-hmm. along the way, Milva loses her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So um, at the end, we have a little funny moment. Geralt is knighted by Queen Meave of Lyria as officially... Geralt, Geralt of, of Rivia. Rivia. <laughs> the end. And scene. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I think you need a big long swig after that. There you go. Um, also, I would like to point out that Tragedy Orgy sounds like the worst new wave band ever. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, it came to me and I was like, I must say this, it's, even it's a, though it's, it's not a, appropriate. It's a great phrase. But yeah, like I think it needs to be a band. Yeah, they really like never got the traction New Order did. No, I can't no, imagine why. G- I, you know, I, <laughs> they had all the edginess, like they had the all the parental advisory stickers and stuff. Although, wait, that wasn't really a thing in in the late eighties. Maybe was it? it was too. Edgy. But yeah, yeah, maybe I think much. they were. Yeah, they were too too far. They couldn't far. say their name on the radio, so yeah, that that's was the true. Problem. Yeah, that is. I you have to call them the the tos, and it just the doesn't twos. the twos, and it, it doesn't. Doesn't it? Do, it doesn't. It loses too much of the edginess. Anyways, um. So, what are your predictions for the next book? Although I don't know why I'm asking you that because you've already read the next book. So, I guess what are my predictions for the next book? Well, let's get into that at the end. I okay. wanted to take some time to go through like a last call for the book, essentially, like things Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you might have wondered or questions that this has opened up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to talk about with Baptism of Fire. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think everyone goes through a huge, like, character development arc. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, Geralt is really not a featured character in this. Like No. And we we have discussed this before more thoroughly that Geralt is actually not the main character. Um he is he's the main character in figurehead only. 
Yeah, like I think everyone else is just going through very interesting things. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that one of the things that Geralt has had to realize in this book is that he is not the center of the universe. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he also can accept help. He can also lean on other people. That was mm, the big mm, lesson he had to learn. Mm. And some of us still struggle with that lesson. I mean, what? I mean, it's hard to rely on other people, yeah, yeah. but he learns he can trust people, even people mm, that he mm. might not have wanted to trust. Yeah. Like yep. you think about his relationship with Regis and Kay here, mm-hmm, two characters mm-hmm. that he at various times just wanted to leave and maybe kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did want to kill both of them at some at multiple points. That doesn't usually that does not for the good foundation of a party make, you know. Yeah, but like the murder ended up being like this weird, you know, soldering. Yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely it did bond them in a weird way. Um, I think after a while they kind of just took it as like this cheeky like funniness, which is weird because like. Geralt is a very serious, like, monster hunter. He's a very serious foe. Like, he he is good at killing. But after a while, like, they realize that, like, okay, he's he either... He hasn't attacked me yet. He hasn't actually tried to kill me yet. So he's not gonna. You can kind of exploit that soft underbelly mm-hmm, that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he talks a big game. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we all know he has trouble killing things like that are not yeah. monsters. I <laughs> yes, mean, yep. he's not really a hitman for a reason. He's not yes, good at yeah. the whole killing other humans thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not a human. Well, he's he is. Uh, Don't call me a human. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, he, he, yeah. Um, and the weird thing is like, and this is kind of like you can tell that they're good friends in that they exploit his weakness for for his sake <laughs> like they exploit his not his reluctance to kill uh intelligent beings and his reluctance to kill them mm. so that they can go help him get siri and i think like if you think about what makes the party work it's really mm. milva it really is um, it, it kind of milva, she's been the anchor of this entire book Milva's the anchor and she's also the heart. Like she mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. is able to talk some sense into everyone. Yeah. And yep. she really is like this key binding person. Like she really is. I mean, she's able to call people out on stuff. Mm-hmm. She's able mm-hmm. to, you know, hold her own in battle. Yep. And I think that she's the only person that can really talk any sort of sense into Geralt. We know mm-hmm, he's very mm-hmm. hard headed. Yeah. I, in a lot of ways, I think Geralt is kind of, or um, Milva is the only one that Geralt like sees as a peer. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. He doesn't um, feel like, so with Dandelion, it's so mismatched in terms of like actual acumen. Like, yes. Dandelion's yep. just a silly person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kay here was like a legit enemy up until a certain point. Yeah. And Geralt was always better than him. So yeah, he's not a peer, but yeah. And also Regis is just sort of this weird oddball yeah. <laughs> that comes out of nowhere. Okay, he could kill me, but he's not he hasn't yet, so he's probably not gonna. So many great characters were introduced in this book though. If you mm-hmm. think about like Milva, Regis, Fringilla, 
Am I missing anyone? I mean, we, like Kay here was introduced yeah. in an earlier book, but not really. We kind of we kind of meet more of him here. Zoltan, yeah, Zoltan yep. Chive. Oh, yeah, yep. Who's your favorite character that was introduced in this book? Oh, that's hard. I think that's... I know though. It's you... got to be Zoltan. It right? is Zoltan. Yeah, yeah it's got to be Zoltan. <laughs> I a very very close second with Regis though. Like I fucking love Regis. I absolutely love his complete disregard of Geralt's like You're a little boundaries. bit of a Regis, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I really like I like to think so. And like I, I definitely recognize that. Um I think I'm a little bit more chaotic than he is. I think I fall in, in terms of like alignment. I think I kind of land in the, the Zoltan camp. Well he is like four hundred years old, so he has had time to That's even true. out his temperament. He, he has he has refined his chaoticness. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'm just not, you know, since I'm, I'm only 400 years old in, in feeling Mm. rather than (laughs) actually 400 years old. Um, I don't think, you know, I'm necessarily refined in that way yet. Uh, but maybe I will. I I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Zoltan is your people. Yes. Yes, he is. Short, stumpy, kind of barrel chested dudes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I was talking more in terms of like personality. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> also, I take that as a huge compliment that you you think I'm a little bit of a Regis. Yeah, I I love Regis um, in this book because he brings like just this very different element mm-hmm. in that he knows so much more than everyone, and mm-hmm. I think that that's what annoys Geralt so much about him. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we get everything? it. You're like so smart, and you mm-hmm. know it. Um. I think that in terms of, like, he really is sort of a foil for Geralt and that, yeah. like, Geralt seems to want to be the expert in every situation and having yeah, someone yep. who knows way more than you has been around yes. way longer than you. Like, yes. it's very annoying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, the things that he, like, we see people on Geralt's party go out of their way for no other reason, but they want to help. Yeah, like, I think yep. that's what's really great about like people like Zoltan, mm-hmm. even though, you know, we know that he's had his, his faults and, you know, he's done things that aren't great. Yeah. Yep. But he's still willing to go out of his way for refugees, for Geralt, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for people that really have never done anything mm-hmm. like extraordinary. Yes. For yep. him. But he's like, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. And Regis in the same way, like you described it last episode like us being very interested in what an Anne is doing yes like you know <laughs> yes. in terms of lifespan like uh-huh. he's immortal and these people are i mean like girl's kind of immortal but everyone else is like sort of just yeah humans doing some weird mission mm-hmm. so regis taking an interest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and wanting to help in this way yeah. yes and honestly, who knows what would have happened without him because yes. <laughs> he's able to save their asses so many times. Multiple times. Uh, I mean, okay, so let's see. Dandelion, when he gets shot in the face, he might have died. Probably wouldn't have, but um, it definitely wouldn't have ended as well. Um, How would have Geralt and Dandelion gotten out, though? They, they would not have gotten out. Um, that is definitely a big thing. They probably would have been, like, executed at dawn. <laughs> like... I'm not really sure. Wait, can witchers be hung? Like, I guess. 
I mean, they re- they kind of regenerate. Unclear. I'm like, a little unclear about that because, like, I feel like normal normal execution styles would probably kill them, mm. but it is a little bit of an open ended question. And that might be that might have been intentional on <laughs> on Anse's part to just like be like, uh, yeah, a magical vampire like sneaks into the camp and gets them out. <laughs> I think that he had a lot of fun writing this book because I think he, did he too. just seems to have had a blast. Like, oh, yeah, I feel like yeah. this is the book you might have wanted to write going into it. Like, yes, yep. He started planning this book probably before he even wrote the first one. It's the best thought out book. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the best storytelling for sure. Yep, yep. Let's touch on two other characters. So Siri also wasn't the like. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's the driving force. Yeah, yeah. Of this quest. But she also didn't have a lot to do Mm, in this mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. book um, because so much of it of like revolved around Geralt's party's journey. Yeah. Yep. But what was your feeling about like so really the central arc of her story was becoming this like cold blooded killer Mm, mm -hmm. and like not really, you know, back in back in time of contempt she mm, was still mm. very unsure yeah of yep. like murdering people and here it's just like something she does it's just like breathing it's just like eating yeah. it's something that you do every day and you enjoy it mm-hmm. like she started really enjoying it so mm-hmm. what is your thought about who siri is at this moment in time i think that like um we saw you know we saw her time in the desert as sort of like her learning to survive metaphorically and sort of physically in a hostile environment. And this is kind of just an extension of that, that this is what she has learned that she has to do in order to survive. Um, Somewhere along the line, it became her only outlet. Um, It became her only emotional outlet. And as a result, um, she ends up kind of reveling in it. Um, It's the kind of thing that like, yeah, it worries me a little bit about her character, Um, but I kind of feel like she's probably not so far gone that she can't kind of come back a little bit, Mm. but she'll probably always kind of have those skills, which are probably something that will very much come in handy for her, you know, when she needs to do whatever it is that is coming, coming down the pipeline for her. Yeah. I think what we'll see just a little preview of what's to come in tower of swallows is that Mm -hmm. she needs something that's going to temper her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't mention in the summaries Uh-oh. is that um, we know that there is a hitman after Siri and the rats right now. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. Um, so we know that there is this danger out there for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's coming down the pike. Yeah. She needs something that's going to get her back to reality, that's mm-hmm. going to show her that this lifestyle is not... A forever thing like yes. at a certain yep. point she's gonna have to face the reality of the like absolute chaos she's causing yeah yep so that's coming in the next book and you'll definitely see more of a journey for siri okay well that's good because i mean like at this point you know if she just kind of keeps doing the rat stuff like it's not going to be super engaging. We're kind of tired of the rats. And Next book is them. not great for any of the rats, honestly. So Yes. I mean, ooh. Uh, oh, no. Uh, um, Don't yeah. want to give too much away. Okay. Not a great time for them. Yeah. 
Um, let's move on to Yennefer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were reintroduced to Yennefer, who mm-hmm. has been off the board for the entire book until chapter six, where she's defrosted. Yep. And yep. suddenly she's back on the board. But mm-hmm. now she's being told like, hey, we're going to use you to get Siri, which she's not okay with. Yeah. Yep. So she turns to this frenemy, this person she absolutely hates. That yep. she thinks caused her to go blind in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Battle of Sodden Hill. Yep. And this girl, I mean, Frangilla, helps her escape yeah. using, I mean, not an oyster, even though that's funnier to say. She uses Wait, the I, oysters to find a portal because they had to be like teleported in. Yeah, and yeah. she uses that to get Yennefer out. And like, okay, so this is a good example of like, Anse's world building here as well in that he established what was it uh, almost two books ago when Geralt is at uh, whatever magical banquet um, that he was at and someone says to him real food can't be conjured these had to be Mm -hmm. teleported in Um, so it sets the groundwork of saying like okay well we know that the rules are that the food has to be real and they had to come from somewhere. Um, and so, like, we knew that there's a barricade on, like, magical portals for this meeting that they're at. But within the rules that he established three books ago, like, we now know, okay, they had to portal in these oysters. Which means that there's yeah. that there's an exception. There's an exception to the barricade in some way, shape, or form. Which means that if Yen can figure out how to get back to that portal or open up a portal to that spe- spot, it's probably unblocked by the the magical barricade that was created for this meeting. Yeah, I found that very fun. And, and you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, he has a great understanding of his world. Like, yeah, yep. this is not like a willy-nilly, like, okay, we need this to happen now. This mm-hmm, is like, mm-hmm. I understand the rules. Yep. This is within the rules. Yep. Like, it's part of the established mm-hmm, mm-hmm. groundwork yep. that I've actually been weaving in. Yes. He's very good at that. Yeah. Um, yep. And magic has very clear laws. Like, yeah, in this yep. universe, it's not like, hey, like, here's magic to get you out. Yep. Like, it's a whole, like, it's definitely like a layered experience at this point because we know that there are certain things that have to happen. Can I, can I, okay. It's not the lock picking spell from Harry Potter. Right. Why does it only work on some locks? It's not the JK Rowling school of let's introduce new spells for every book. Like, which I, I love Harry Potter. I do. We'll separate the art artist from, or the art from the artist Mm -hmm. as well here. But I love, I love the Harry Potter series. I love the books. I love the story. I, I love the movies too. Um, but yes, she does that a lot. <laughs> like, okay, here's this cool new spell that could have helped them three books ago. And why is it being introduced like here? Like the time turner? Yes. Yes. Like the time turner could have literally fixed everything. But yet Hermione uses it to like fucking take extra classes. <laughs> Which, yeah, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's completely on brand for the character. But it fucking breaks everything. Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> like, I think... This is this is a problem with like 
it's the problem it, like, with magic and writing like magic like, and writing yep. but also like that idea of high cross magic mm-hmm, works mm-hmm. because it feels earned it's not like hey we're conjuring something out of nothing yes like yep. there there does feel like there's more stakes in a world mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. magic costs a lot yes absolutely um so I I really like that Yennefer was reintroduced and put back on the board. She has some mm-hmm. really cool things to do in Ooh. Tower of Swallows. Ooh, okay. Like she's okay. All, she's really she has like a really cool arc to come, which I'm very okay. excited okay. to cover. Now um, I'm, now I'm excited too. I mean, I was excited, but now I'm more excited. There are, there are cool things that she has to do in Skellige. Um that is like I think one of the reasons that the Witcher Three put her in Skellige mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. during its arc. Yeah, yep. She has like you know Yennefer is a very changed person at this point, mm-hmm. and she's going to react differently to situations. Yeah, um, yep. So I'm very curious to see how you feel about the next book for her. I'm so I'm. I love Yennefer as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really feel like she is pretty much the main character of the stories. Mm. Um, so, like, I'm really excited to have her back. And I am exceedingly excited for her character arc because I feel like there was a lot of mistakes that she made. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not a common thing that we see for Yennefer. She very rarely makes mistakes. Um, but she made a couple of really big ones up yeah. uh, in the last book, not this one. Like um, underestimating Vilgeforts. Yep, yep. Uh, trusting certain people who shouldn't be trusted. Misreading the entire situation. Misreading the entire situation. Introducing Siri to this entire misread situation. We learned that um, she trusted Taseya. And yes. Taseya told her, bring Siri in front of all of the sorceresses. Yes, and, yep. And like... All hell broke loose. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. She made a lot of critical errors, and that's mm-hmm. not really Yennefer's thing. Like, which I mean, but if if you think about the actual dynamics of of that sort of relationship, if one of your college professors approached you today and said, "Hey, I need you to do X Y Z thing," you would probably do it. Yeah. Depending on, I mean, like, unless it was something glaringly obvious, like not okay like if they came to you and said like hey i need you to rob a bank um obviously you're probably not going to do that but if like they said like hey i need you to like um write this article for me and i say write this article because it's the closest thing i can come up with and and that's you know your 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 lot yeah i i think it it totally makes sense why she trusted the wrong people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it does make you wonder what kind of intelligence she was getting from who yes yes before the events of the isle of the ned i do have a speculation that i don't think yen relies on on intelligence in any way um she like relies on her own intuition yes she is you don't think she had information no she does not rely on any information that she does not personally receive she works entirely off of anything that she personally knows and then makes intuition judgments based on that um and i think she does that all the time and i think it is historically always worked for her um so as a result like when it doesn't like it's kind of a pretty big blow because that means that her gut instinct was wrong, um, which is Mm -hmm. very, very rare for her. So 
It's also kind of fun in this book that we like. So Jennifer has always been like one step ahead of everyone else. Yes. Yep. So it is a fun plot device that she's now so behind. She's now three steps behind everybody. Like, yes, she's been off the table uh-huh. literally for yep. a month. She is. She's coming back to it. It's not even any old month. It's mm-hmm. like a month where every single thing has happened. Like, yes. <laughs> oh wait, where is my boyfriend? Where is yes. my daughter? I am yes. confused. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. It's basically like like waking up, like falling into a coma in like on like October twentieth of twenty twenty, and waking up on like December fifth, twenty twenty. It's more <laughs> like, like it's more it, like. like I, I you feel missed like, a lot. <laughs> I feel like it's more like going like into a coma on like February like twenty eighth, twenty twenty, and mm-hmm. waking up on like April first, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. It just like you don't know why. Why are there no people outside? Why? <laughs> why are grocery stores closed? Why? Yeah, yes. It just like you missed a lot of context here. Um, the world is a, almost a completely different place. Um, everything's on fire. Uh, we're now ruled by a, a race of chicken people. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically just everything, you know, you, you could, you could have a lot of fun fucking with somebody like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so what are your predictions for Tower of Swallows? Ooh. And maybe what are you looking forward to? So I I am looking forward to at least the hope that we are going to see more of the party. Mm. Um I really love Regis Milva. I like Kay here. He's fun. Um and I, I really love Regis and Melva. Um I really love Zoltan too, but I, I think he may be off the table kind of for We'll see him again. We will see him again? Okay. Um I love Zoltan. I really hope that these aren't the last times we see them in the, in the book series. Um, a lot of shitty, a lot of shittier fantasy stories tend to do things like that, where they'll introduce these really cool characters for one book and then just immediately write them out in the next book. I can confirm that does not happen. There are characters. I didn't think so, but there are characters that haven't been brought up in two books. Okay. That come back. Okay. At the end. Like sheep poison guy. No, oh, no, he's gone forever. Oh. I'm sorry. R.I.P. Okay. <laughs> no, but there wait, are... maybe he did he fall victim to his own sheep poison? I think he died. I think he died he in who, that story. He who lives by the sheep poison dies by the sheep poison. I'm just saying that there are people that you're going to be very surprised to see bit characters, really not characters that you would expect to see again. They're back. Which means they are used as framing devices for like the things that are happening in the world, which okay, I think is really like genius the way that he reintroduces certain people. Mm-hmm. He so Anse is not the kind of person that's just going to introduce new plot devices and yeah, never bring yeah. them up again. Like he really invests in these characters. Mm-hmm. It's more mm-hmm. of a long haul strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you should definitely expect to see characters and have these so loose ends wrapped up. What I'm hearing though is I'm hearing that I'm going to need you to remind me who the hell these characters are if they're if they're kind of bit characters. I, I will remind you. Okay. They're, okay. So even 
this is going to really show like how granular okay. they get. Okay. One of the kids in the storyteller circle in the beginning of chapter seven. Okay. Comes back in a really pivotal way in Lady of the Lake. Oh, okay. Did we even have names for those kids? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, I didn't know what they were. When we get there, I will explain. Okay. But it'll just show you that these characters, nothing is unintentional. Yeah. Like yeah. he has a plan for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I love about the series is that like, I like as someone who's kind of unorganized as a writer and mostly mm-hmm. likes just the, the fun parts of it. Yeah. Yep. Like the things that make a story great are the details. Yes. He <laughs> yes. has great command. Yes. Of that. Yes. Um, I honestly, I envy it. So I, I'm very excited to get into tower of swallows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite book in the series, but a lot happens and okay. it, there's such a great arc ahead for everyone. Okay. So I'm, I'm definitely hearing that we're going to need to like prepare ourselves a little bit for the next book. Um, in that it, it might be, it's going to be kind of a long haul, you know, get, uh, get, is, get limber. This is a longer book. Y'all mm-hmm. like, I'm just warning you, it's going to be probably a two and a half month process okay. of getting okay. through the entire book because we're not in seven chapter mode anymore. We're in like, I think it's like nine. Yep. So this chapters, is, so. this is where the rule of seven falls apart. Yeah, here. <laughs> no, we don't have seven chapters anymore. He's like, uh, I can't, my I, publishers told me I have to write. I can't I, write I can't. 300 page chapters. Apparently. <laughs> Um, Apparently nobody likes that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am super excited though, because like a lot of fun things are going, a lot of fun things are happening. A lot of cool things for our favorite characters. Um, it's not as emotionally jarring as Lady of the Lake because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the end. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but I can't believe we have gotten through five books. Yeah, like, yeah. We are on to book six. We have two books left. Two, That's two crazy. books left. Yes. So the real question now is, are we going to complete the Witcher series before the Witcher season two comes out? This is going to be like a neck and neck race. <laughs> it might be a little bit depending on how the timing of the Witcher two, uh, the Witcher season two goes. But I, I think mean, it's going to come. So my prediction right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, based on the very <laughs> detailed news that is coming out yeah. sometime in 2021 sometime in 2021 <laughs> i think it's either gonna come out around thanksgiving or i was around just about Christmas. to say thanksgiving yep because at this point it's already been like a year and a half since yeah, the last yep, yep. season came out i think it's gonna probably be around like a time when they know everyone's like gonna be paying attention yep, and like yep. they need a lot of time to edit maybe or mm. maybe i'm completely wrong it'll drop like may 1st i don't know I, no <laughs> it's not I, may it's, it's past may maybe i'm like just crazy and it's gonna drop it like june 1st or something no i think i think late 2021 is probably a good prediction i think i think you're that was my first instinct too was thanksgiving ish um usually right after thanksgiving there's kind of that lull between the holidays you know nobody's really going anywhere because they just went places for thanksgiving the weather's not nice anymore so they're not going on vacation people are looking for entertainment so 
Yeah, I think it's going to come out in November or December. Mm-hmm. So I think we have time. I I think based on if everything goes to plan, I think we'll be done in either September or October mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with like all of The Witcher. Yeah, yeah. That should be about right based on our pace. And that includes all of our recaps of mm-hmm, The Witcher mm-hmm. season one, which by the way, yeah, um, our recap of season one, episode two, Four Marks is mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. right now. If you want to listen to that, yep, we're yep. going to be putting out next weekend um, our recap of season one, episode three. Mm-hmm. So definitely um, look out for those every week. Yeah, because we're not doing enough Witcher content. We need to bring you. We need more, more, more Witcher content. I think we're gonna have, have to start playing uh, game one and two then. Oh my god, I don't know. I and don't then know also, if I can. also I maybe don't... maybe start doing recap episodes of the Hexer. Okay, well we are definitely gonna watch the Hexer. Which, if you don't Wait, know, was that a movie or a TV show? I think it's a TV show. Okay. I think we talked about this before, mm-hmm. but the Hexer is like a public access television show that mm-hmm. was developed in Poland. It's a mm-hmm. adaptation of yeah, The yep. Witcher. We're going to have to find some sort of English dubbing because... Well, it's on Netflix, isn't it? I don't I think thought, so. I don't think Was so. it on Amazon Prime? It was on some streaming service. We found like a trailer on YouTube and it uh, looks okay. a little hokey. Well, but I mean, okay. I, I don't want to make too much fun because, you know, they're obviously trying... I mean... We we made an entire podcast around this series, so like they're obviously fans. Like, you know, these are our people, but also like I love bad movies. And so that's also a thing. Anyone that's yeah. stuck around our podcast long enough knows that I like to inject like bad movie reviews every once in a while. We haven't done one of those in a while. I'm saying we shouldn't we should do one. Well, it's been a wild ride through mm-hmm. Baptism of Fire. Mm-hmm. I've loved every second of it. I have too. I have too. And I'm looking forward to the journey with you through Tower of Swallows. It's going to be a fun, mm. bumpy ride. Mm. There's going to be a lot of drama to recap with that. You know what, honey? What? I'm always looking forward to any journey with you. Oh, that's sweet and sickening for the yep. rest of the people that are listening to this. They can deal with it. <laughs> it looks like the fire's getting a little low. Yes, and it's... Time to go through the baptism of firening. Electric firening? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Walk through fire and all of that. It's also time to figure out what the hell hobnail boots are. Uh, Yeah, I I still don't get it. I I, still don't get it. I I think I get the metaphor, but I just don't get what they are. I think I'll have to look that up. I think that's what Wikipedia is for. So the next time we see you Mm -hmm. um, in our main episodes, we'll be... In the Tower of Swallows. Yeah. We can't wait to see you there. Yep. Um, So until then, um, keep... Keep on thinking about tomorrow. Keep on thinking about tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. I don't know any of the words to that song so i'm kind of doing my own thing (laughs) okay all right (laughs) until next time i'm john mark and i'm alexa good night good night